This, this is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. Damn straight. That's right. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Mac Jones. Their sense is that he is further along than any rookie quarterback they've had passed through the system. Earlier on the show, ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington. Coming up, 14-year NBA veteran Kendrick Perkins. Baseball Hall of Famer Rod Carew. Today's show co-host Craig Melvin. Plus, Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Baseball Hall of Fame great Rod Carew joins us in the middle of this hour. Don't miss that. It'll be always a great conversation with one of my favorites from growing up and, of course, uh, getting to interview him and getting to know the man. Uh, Craig Melvin of the Today Show with a beautiful new book called Pops, Learning to Be a Son and a Father with Father's Day Around the Corner, along with Keenan Allen, the sublime uh, Pro Bowl wide receiver of your Los Angeles Chargers, will help us wrap up the show. But what a day in the NBA, just when you thought it would be all about talking about the remarkable Kevin Durant performance last night that should clearly not be swept under any rug. 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, 48 minutes in a game in which Harden returns from a hamstring injury and shoots only one of ten. Uh, but we we heard the fact that Chris Paul is COVID positive and is in a protocol. And Jalen Rose of ESPN saying that uh, that that Paul is fully vaccinated um, and shouldn't be out too long based on any expectation level of being vaccinated and what protocols will call for in the NBA and the fact that the Clippers and the Jazz series may last uh, all seven games until you heard the news that Kawhi was out tonight with a knee injury that um, Shams Charania of The Athletic reporting is feared to be the dreaded ACL. Hmm. This is on top of the fact that the Wizards and Scotty Brooks parted ways and Stan Van Gundy and the Pelicans parted ways what a day in the association and joining us right now is one of our favorites covering uh the nba from the worldwide leader in sports kendrick perkins of espn back here on the show how are you kendrick what's going on rich appreciate you having me man always always you know that uh so i'll give you the floor first the news on Kawhi leonard being out uh what appears to be significantly would mean what for the clippers i mean that this series is over in six and I and I hate to say it that way, but you know I just got to keep it real at all times with you, Rich. Every time I come on your show, look, the Kawhi, uh, the the Los Angeles Clippers are not going anywhere if they don't have Kawhi Leonard. They especially are not beating the Utah Jazz. I had this series going seven games anyway, but now it's going six. I mean, because I don't think Kawhi is coming back. I think it's more serious than what people are saying. And I don't know if Paul George is that Batman that could carry this team and go toe-to-toe with Donovan Mitchell. We all know how Utah plays at home. They're going to come out fired up tonight. Role players are going to play better. That crowd is going to be electrified. I just hate it for Kawhi Leonard because he had he was starting to rise to the occasion and start to show us that Kawhi Leonard joy. And he had just had one of the best dunks, if not the best dunks in the playoffs, and then here it is. He goes out. It's really bad for the for the for the game of basketball for all the fans because you know in a perfect world we would like to see the Nets and Clippers in the finals. 
but it's not going to happen if Kawhi Leonard is injured. What do you think is happening in wherever the Clippers are uh, in that hotel room in Utah getting ready to play tonight? What do you? What, what does Ty Lue even say to this team, do you think? Well, I mean, one thing about Ty Lue is that He's not going to shy away from the. He's not going to shy away from the moment. Uh, he's a guy that is going to go out there and he's going to coach his tail off. He's going to preach and say, "Hey, look, next man up. I get it, Paul George. What are you going to do?" He's going to call out Reggie Jackson. He's going to make the adjustments. He's going to put guys in position to be successful. It's on them whether or not they're going to do it. But he's going to have them prepared mentally. He's going to lead the charge. He's not going to shy away from the moment. He's going to tell guys, hey, look, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. What you going to do? Who's going to step up? He's going to challenge those guys. But even you, a 14-year NBA veteran, Kendrick, and you've been through uh, thick and thin, and you've won one. I mean, you you just basically wrapped it up. I mean, you stuck a fork in him, and I think everybody is too. And you could maybe utilize that, but, I mean, the players have – uh, it'll be a tough one to believe. It'll be a tough one to buy from the coach, I would think. It would, it would Rich, but I'm, I'm going to give you a scenario, right? Please, go for when, it. In 2008, 2009, KG got hurt, and we didn't have him for the playoffs. But in our mind, we, we were saying, hey, forget that. We about to go out here and compete. And we actually took the Orlando Magic to seven games, who they end up winning the Eastern Conference and going to the finals after, and then getting swept by the Los Angeles Lakers. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about your mentality. It's about having that dog in you. If you ain't got that dog in you, then you got a problem. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN Hoopstream's co-host, as well as uh, NBA analyst on a host of ESPN programs right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What do you think Chris Paul's thinking right now? What are you hearing about that? Kendrick? You know, it's it's unfortunate and I don't get it. He's vaccinated. Right. I just don't I don't understand everything that's going on. I don't know the process. I don't know, you know, if you're vaccinated, how long you have to stay in protocol. The good thing about it for the Suns is that they handled their business early, right? So I mean it, it buys Chris Paul a few days. Um and he needs the rest anyway, dealing with the injuries in his shoulder, but not being able to be around his teammates, not being able to be in that film room and be that leader and study in that film room, is going to kind of hurt the Suns a little bit. Because you have to understand, as remarkable as Chris Paul has been on the court, his leadership is unmatched and is is invaluable for his leadership. For as him, you know, you read those stories about how all the guys go to his house to have dinner and, and watch the games together and that camaraderie. And at this moment in time, when you're headed into the Western Conference Finals and you're about to possibly face a powerhouse like the Utah Jazz or the Los Angeles Clippers, you need your leader. So hopefully, you know, the Clippers push this to seven games and it could spare Chris Paul a little bit more time, but it's going to hurt the Suns a little bit. I don't think dramatically – I think they're locked in, uh, but I think overall, you know, you just hate to hear this news because the Suns were vibing so well, and CP3 was on the mission, and he still is on the mission. I mean, let's be honest, Kendrick. I mean, if, if, if as you just, and I think rightfully so, stuck a fork in the Clippers because Kawhi's out um, for the rest of this series, and then perhaps 
for <laughs> a long time after that with an ACL injury, as it's being rumored and reported right now, that we're going to see the Western Conference Finals start sooner rather than later. And if that costs even Chris Paul one game, certainly in Utah, that will hobble the Suns' opportunity uh, to gain home court advantage for, for themselves now that fans are all back in there. But uh, let's place that aside even for a moment. And and I, I want to pull on that string you, you just laid out there about Chris not being there in a film room and not there physically with the players and his teammates as they are going through the paces to get ready. What what does that look like? A film room in the NBA with somebody like Chris Paul sitting in it. What does that well, what does that you, look like? You just you just adding you adding a, another coach, right? So when a film see people don't understand and, and and this is a conversation, another conversation that we can have on another time. But when I when I made the comparison and I said that you know, people think that it's easy to win an NBA championship. It's not. And, and and I made a comparison for us with football, and football players were telling me how much film room, how much studying they have to do, the playbooks, the film room. Well, when you're in the playoffs, guess what? You're having two-hour film sessions. So as Coach Monty is sitting there talking, and Coach Monty is going through things and saying, hey, we need to do this, you may have a veteran like Chris Paul because I've done it at times. I may say, well, hey, Coach Money, you may have Chris Paul say, hey, Coach Money, I don't know. I don't think we should we should, we should should uh, drop be in the drop coverage defensively. And now you have an ongoing situation where you have a conversation within the locker room, and now it's like, okay, now Coach Money is feeling, or, or Chris Paul may say, hey, I don't think Devin Booker should be guarding Joe Ingles. I think he should be guarding Bondanovich. And then they have a discussion. This is the things that happen in the film room when you have a leader like Chris Paul that's on the floor. Um, Coach Monty may say, well, what we're going to do offensively is I want to do X, Y, Z. Well, CP3 may say, Coach, well, look, let's do this, but make sure let's tweak this so that we could get Devin Booker this flare on the weak side. Like, all this happens during the course of a film room Especially when your leader, the voice of the the voice of the team, is in there, you have back and forth, but it's positive energy because everybody's just trying to get on the same page so they can attack that that series or that game like they need to. Kendrick Perkins of ESPN, right here on the Rich Eisen show. Um, so, I, and I know this is kind of a maybe uh, uh, an infused way to ask this question, certainly with Durant going off for 49 and 17 and 10. And, you know, the Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams soundbite from when Durant got the Clippers a couple years ago about how the come they couldn't stop him. And they both said, well, he's Kevin Durant. So oh. I, I, I know that uh, when I ask this question that I think is fair, though. What are the Bucks missing, Kendrick Perkins? It seems like there's just one extra gear that's missing yeah. with this team or player or something. What do, what do you see when you look at the Bucks on that? Yeah. Front. I see, I see a, I see a dumb team, and I and I say that respectfully. <laughs> they're, missing, they're missing the IQ. Like I'm watching the game last night. One example, okay. Drew Holiday comes down, okay. James Harden is guarding him. He takes him off the dribble and goes to the basket with ease and finish with a left hand layup. All right, the next possession down, they get a stop. He comes down the very next play. We all know James Harden didn't look 
50 percent out there last night. Mm-hmm. He couldn't move. And you know what Drew Holiday does? He pulls up for a jump shot. And I'm watching some of the plays, the careless turnovers by Chris Middleton and even Giannis, like the shot selection, the timing, uh, like the possessions and, and valuing possessions and, you know, just some of the shot selection. I'm just like, they're missing the IQ all across the board. I'm watching this talented, athletic team just going out there and play like they're at Rutgers Park. And there's nothing really that a coach could do. It's the players. Like, Bud could put them out there and call plays and put guys in position to be successful. But as a player, if you don't have that basketball IQ, if you don't have that sense of urgency, then it's not going to work. And and what we saw yesterday, we saw James Harden and Kevin Durant show their IQ and show how much of uh, a floor generals that they were. They were head and shoulders above the Milwaukee Bucks. They're not the Milwaukee Bucks are not lacking anything talent wise. They have everything that they need. It's their minds. And I'm sitting up here saying, like, why did you try to throw that pass? Do you understand this is the playoffs? Do you understand that people study these certain reads and that they want you, they bait you into thinking that this is this pass is open, but it's really not. And I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Like, they haven't the, – the Brooklyn Nets haven't stopped the Milwaukee Bucks from getting to the paint at all. But yet, they still – they settle for jump shot after jump shot after jump shot. And it's hard to watch. Well, but Coach Bud comes from, as we all know, Pop uh, Tree. And so, you know, what you're saying can't be news to, to the coaching staff. How do you fix that? How's that fixable? I I don't know. I mean, like, you could drill it. You could drill it. You could go to film room. You could call out certain plays. You could tell them you cannot do these turnovers. This can't happen. That can't happen. And if they go out there and still do the same thing, it's like as as Coach Bud, you're like, what am I supposed to do? If you're trying to tell Giannis, hey, Giannis, how about setting a pick and roll, get a ball up early, go into a quick dribble handoff, Roll to the basket. How about this, Giannis? They want you to take jumpers. They want you to make a jump shot. You know why? Because it's the Brooklyn Nets, when when Giannis makes a jump shot, watch the Brooklyn Nets bench. They start clapping. You know why? Because it's bait. It's bait. Because they want him to take more jump shots. So if I'm if I'm Coach Boonhose, if I'm Bud, I, I don't I don't really know what to say except, hey guys, let's go out here and play hard. Let's go out here and hope that we make shots because the IQ is not there. Love it. I mean, this is why I love having you on, Kendrick. Before I, before I let you go, uh, <laughs> best of, uh, seriously, uh, best of three in uh, with the uh, Sixers and the Hawks. Hawks have a shot here? Do you give them a chance here? What do you think? They do. I believe it's going seven games. Oh, uh, boy. And, and here's why. I think, you know, when Philly dropped the ball, not closing out game five, Joel Embiid didn't look healthy in that second half. Now, how he comes out in game six, they'll be at home. Obviously, the fans will be behind them. The role players will play better. But it goes back to the Milwaukee Bucks point. The Philadelphia 76ers did not play smart basketball in the second half. And guess who they were missing? A guy that probably nobody thought that was that valuable to their team a three-time champion that's on the sideline 
that that wasn't there. And that's Danny Green. See, people take veterans, people take leadership for granted. But it is so valuable when you're trying to win a championship that you have a leader, someone that has been through the trenches, someone that is battle-tested, to be on the court so you could value possessions. And that's what I watched out of Philly. So with Danny Green being out, I'm looking at the Hawks and the Sixers, and it's, it's basically like the same thing. It's two young teams with a lot of young players that's going back and forth to say, I'm outscore you or you go outscore me. Let's see. Because right now, there's no sense of urgency defensively on either part. So what I'm looking at right now, the Hawks have a lot of momentum. The Hawks feeling good about themselves. And I see this game going, I see this series going seven games. I really do. I love it. Last one for you, Kendrick. Pacers' job is open, but so is the job to be the coach of Tatum and Jalen Brown in Boston, Damian Lillard in Portland. You've got now uh, Bradley Beal and Russ in D.C. That job is open. The, the job to coach Zion and Ingram and Lonzo Ooh. is open. Which one would you want if you're a head coach and you have an opportunity? And which one would you take? Well, which is the most? Well, Rich, I'm not saying this because uh, you know I'm I not know. being biased. Okay? No, you're a Celtics. <laughs> I'm I know. But I, I'm I'm going with those two young superstars over there in Boston with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Look, one thing one thing about it is that. In, in today's game, p- coaches, it's like almost coaches' pawn to be able to have two guys at the wing position like that. Two guys that could go out there and get you 25 a night, really have zero flaws, and they are under the age of 25. They're locked into contracts. They both could play on the defensive end at a high level, 6'7", one of them 6'10". Super athletic, both of them. I mean, like, and they keep getting better. That's the attractive job. If I'm a coach right now, that's the job that I want to go get is that Celtics job. Kendrick, thanks for the time. Uh, look for my call again. Seriously, I really do. You make me smarter, and it's entertaining and informative, and um, you're terrific. Thanks for the call. Hey, Rich, thank you, Legend. I appreciate you having me, man. Appreciate it. You got it. That's Kendrick Perkins. I follow him on Twitter. You, you, need, to, you need to see his real-time commentary. That's for sure. As well as listening to him on this show. Uh, so I guess if, uh, if what the Celtics have is coaching porn, does that mean the, the candidate needs an OnlyFans site? Is that what you're saying? Nice. Over there, Chris? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Just want to know. Did I get that right? Was that, a, was that a proper reference? Is that a proper? <laughs> yeah. Are you guys now denying knowing this stuff? Is that what's happening when right now? When you say OnlyFans, what, what exactly do you mean? Yeah. All right, we'll take a break and clean There's this only up. OnlyFans in the stadium. Well, so, guys, guys, let's, let's clear our minds because Rod Carew's going to join us. Let's get out of our system. One of the highest class individuals is joining us. Are these Talking baseball with the all-time greats. Rod Carew coming up next. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. What do you think of Aaron Judge, Reggie? What do you think of him? I think the same thing everybody else thinks. I certainly did not expect this kind of year out of him, but I did expect the success at the big league level mm. and you know the ability to hit 25 to 30 home runs because you know we're, we're we we have a small ballpark now, and he hits a fly ball. <laughs> A routine fly ball. And there are a few guys I played with that were like that. Uh, Strawberry did it. Luzinski did it. McCovey did it. Stargell did it. Dick Allen did it. Harper does it. Trout does it. They hit fly balls for them that come down on the other side of the fence. Balls that aren't hit good, according to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Ballparks are too small for some of those guys. They hit a fly ball that when it settles and it's missed, it comes down on the other side of the fence, and those guys hit 15 of those. And then if they hit 15 balls good, they hit 30. It's unbelievable, Reggie. And in this day and age, though, uh, I've had a conversation with fellow Hall of Famer John Smoltz a couple of weeks ago, Reggie, that, uh, that 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 kids don't mind striking out as much these days. Did you have wow. a, did you have an all or nothing mentality? Obviously, you're. We all know how many strikeouts you had in your career, but. Um, did that matter at all to you? Because there's a lot of hand-wringing over it today, these days. Well, I, I think I struck out too much. And I averaged somewhere 2,500 in 21 years is 125 a year. Um, so, but that's too many. Uh, and I think for 162 games, if I would have played them, I'd have averaged 140 something. Mm-hmm. That's too many strikeouts. You can get by with it. Uh, this is, wow. Hold on. Let me take this call from Hal Steinbrenner. I'll call him right back. Okay. You got hey, Hal, I'll call you right back. It's Reggie. Okay. Thank you. Um, Reg, I mean, seriously, you could take that. I mean, you could put me on hold for the boss. That's okay. <laughs> I got, I wouldn't want, I can't have you hear what I'm saying. Now, hold on a second, uh, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, hold on real quick though. I, I'm not, I, I would not be doing my job if I didn't ask this question. If that was George back in the day, would you have been able to tell him 
No, no. What you just told his son? No, no, I'd have hung up on you. I might not even have told you. <laughs> <laughs> I might not even. I just acted like I was, I just acted like I wasn't on the phone. <laughs> no, I'd have hung up. <laughs> oh man! Now, if, that, if, if that was Hank, uh, oh. I'd have probably got off the phone because because he'd have had some choice words for me too. Four summers ago at the great Reginald Martinez Jackson on our YouTube page and more. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, NBC Sports on Peacock, as well as this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate. When this man says he wants to uh, come on and promote anything or take my call in any way, shape, or form, the answer is uh, an emphatic yes. 18-time All-Star. I'll say that again. 18 times made the All-Star game. 18-time All-Star Baseball Hall of Famer and his book, One Tough Out, Fighting Off Life's Curveballs, is now available uh, in paperback and still swinging is a weekly podcast that's going to be starting later on this month with a man who's now taking to Twitter and tweeting like a high schooler getting ready for the prom. He is baseball Hall of Famer Rod Carew. How are you doing, Rod? Pretty good, Rich. You you've been tweeting. Enjoyed, your... that, con- enjoyed that conversation with you and Reggie. Yeah, it was that was good. Back in the day, we just replayed that for our uh, TV only audience, just getting ready for our radio audience to return here with you. And and one of the things I talked about with Reggie Rod four summers ago was seeming to be just a new advent in the in, in Major League Baseball, that exit velocity was something so crucially important for somebody's uh, ability to hit in Major League Baseball or worthiness to hit in Major League Baseball and contact, making contact was becoming more and more extinct. Now it seems to be an epidemic in in Major League Baseball, what was your exit velocity, Rod? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I just thought about hitting the ball and hopefully it was going to land on the green stuff in fair territory. Right? I mean, it just seems that these days it's it's a different style of hitting. What do you see when you watch Major League Baseball these days, Rod? Well, you know, you're right. There, uh, To me, the longest walk was uh, on, the, on the field was home plate back to the dugout dragging my bat if I struck out. Today, it's a norm. You know, everybody does it. They don't worry about it. Uh, and everybody's so caught up in the statistics that they're giving out there about the different things that uh, that's going on offensively today. And, yeah, you know, um, there are a lot of kids that aren't home run hitters that are trying to hit the ball in the air too much not realizing that there are no base hits up in the air unless someone misses one in the, in, in the sun. Uh, I don't like it, uh, but young players today, it seems like it doesn't bother them. What do you mean that the longest walk was from uh, the batter's box back to the dugout after striking out? Oh, what do you mean by man, that? I'll tell you, there are so many things that, went, that would go through your mind. How did I miss that pitch? How did I let, how did I let him get to two strikes? You know, what was I thinking? You know, all those little things. And uh, I didn't like to have those thoughts in my mind. I I just want to go back and have the positiveness that, well, you know, maybe he got me out now and I'll get him the next time. Well, and then part of the issue today as well, Rod, uh, Rod Crew here on the Rich Eisen Show, is not only is there just, a, a, I guess, a lack of shame over uh, missing a pitch and striking out, but there's now a whole conversation about what pitchers are putting on baseballs and how baseball's cracking down on it. Um, 
let's just uh, let's be real here. Were were pitchers putting stuff on baseballs when you were playing, Rod? Oh yeah, they 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 use uh, uh, sandpaper. They use uh, uh, thumbtacks. They use everything, you know, and especially Gaylord. So I finally told Gaylord, I said, "You can throw me whatever you want. I'm just going to try and hit it on the dry side." You know, but um, it, it's a long history of the game. Um, and I don't know if you're going to take it away from these guys, from the pitching part, but um, if you can't control that pitch, if there's some type of substance on it, you know, you could hit someone in the face or hit someone in the head, uh, just like what happened to uh, Conigliero that year that he got hit in the face. That uh, ended his career. So you, you, know? you wouldn't have a problem with, with pitchers putting stuff on the baseballs in order to get some sort of a grip, is what you're saying, Rod? No, I, yes. I okay. didn't bother me. I didn't think about those things. You know, um, I figure even if he does, if he gets it over the plate, there's a good chance that I can make contact with it, put it in play, and get a base hit or two. So, um doesn't bother me. And, and you know, it, when it's cold, especially, um, I used to love hitting in the cold because pitchers could not get uh, a real grip to throw their good breaking balls, good curveballs, or sliders. So you saw a lot more fastballs in the, in the early part of the season. So all you had to do is go up there and look fastball, and uh, you know you were going to get get a couple out of, you know, if he threw you, uh, th- three pitches, all three might be fastballs. So I was a dead fastball hitter, so I was just looking for that. Well, now these days, though, Rod, um, the pitchers are putting a substance on, on a glove, allegedly, reportedly, supposedly, uh, and then eventually on the baseballs that 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 um, contractors use to, to mold cinder blocks together called spider tack. Would you have a problem with that? I mean, is there is there, I guess, a line uh, between giving pitchers the ability to get a grip that's necessary uh, for them and also for the hitter's safety, similar to the what a hitter would use in pine tar to get a good grip on the base on on the bat? Is there a line that they that that can be crossed to put something considerably different than? than what you saw back in your day, Rod, or no? Well, you know, what I saw back in my day was guys running stuff up and down the creases of their pants or on their belt or in their belt buckle or on their hats. You know, so they they had the opportunity to do all that stuff and still uh, maintain some kind of safety in the game without drilling somebody or hurting somebody. Uh, so, you know, you also have to not take too much away from the pitchers, you know, give them the opportunity to be able to hold on to the ball uh, and, and get a good rotation on the slider or breaking ball. So, you know, I just hate the complaining today. and Just go out there and play ball and um, see what you can hit and, and just try and hit the pitch. It just seems it's tougher to hit stuff these days. Shifts. Did, they, did you ever get a shift, Rod? Did you ever get a shift, Rod Carew? No. I, I would have loved... The, them to shift on me, especially since I hit the ball more up the middle in the left field. Um, then I would become a pull hitter and just try and hit the ball on the ground and try and, and beat out some infield hits. But, uh, you know, the shift I hate that they have today, I hate because 
you have a guy in right field. Uh, second baseman moves out to right field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're taking a lot of base hits away from, from left-handed hitters. And people are paying money to see these guys come up and, you know, hit the ball well to center field or left field and get their, their share of hits. But um, I would, if I was the commissioner, yes, I would say you go five feet off the, the infield grass and that's it. Right, and then and then if you're if you're designated as a shortstop, a third baseman, you cannot be stationed to the right of second base from the right. point of view of behind home plate, and second base and first base vice versa, and that's it. You can't you can't move it around. But I, I guess we're kind of uh, you know circling around what is the issue with baseball in my mind today, Rod Carew, is that you know I know that the commissioner was focused so much on the length of games and pace of play, but it's the it's the pace of action. It's the it's it's the amount of action that 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 is missing. You're seeing a bunch of innings where there's two runners on because of a walk and uh, two outs because of a strikeout, and nobody's put a ball in play over the span of about five minutes. And part of that is not just a shift, but it's also a, a significant focus on exit velocity like we talked about at the top of the show and then whatever the pitchers are putting on baseballs I mean we saw six no hitters in the first six weeks of the season rod and that's that's what I'm saying well, I guess you know is is maybe a little bit of less of everything that I've just mentioned would be helpful yeah that that's true and um, you know you've got to you've got to tell kids that can't hit the ball out of the ballpark that they have to make adjustments they have to learn to go the other way. Uh, you don't see that in today's game. And so they're pulling the ball a lot, uh, hitting, hitting balls right into the shift. And um, I, I've seen so many games where they should have done the job, but they're not concentrating on uh, doing the job, moving the runners from second to third. How many ways can you score uh, from third base with uh, one out or no out? You know, uh, from second base, it's going to be hard to to score on a fastball uh, to give you another run. But um, something should be uh, done where it equals out for both the pitchers and also the the offensive side of the game. Rod Carew, author of One Tough Out, Fighting Off Life's Curveballs, available in paperback for folks who who may not know your full story and want to maybe learn more about it. Curveballs, you're not just referring to, obviously, the 12 to 6 variety, correct, that was snapped off your way in the batter's box, Rod? (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, Red actually gave gave me the name for the book because I was going to have him write a little excerpt on, on the front page and so when he said, tough out, I said, oh, okay, great. You know, you've given me the, the, the name of the book. And, you know, I appreciate it because I played with Reggie. I played against him, and he saw, uh, saw me as a hitter that um, I didn't give up. You know, I battled all the way through the at-bat, so um, I appreciate it. But it, it's a good book. You know, it, it talks about my upbringing. It talks about... My youngest daughter dying from leukemia, mm. and it also talks about um, the situation that I went through with having to get a new heart. And it, it's a book I think that will help people and let people understand that um, you know heart disease is like the number one killer in this country, and they have to start taking care of themselves. 
I was fortunate because I had one, I had a widowmaker, and usually you don't live from that. So um, uh, get advice and and what you need to do to take care of your ticker. Otherwise, it's going to stop ticking, and you're not going to be here with us. So I've joined with the uh, American Heart Association in trying to spread the word uh, because I, I see too many younger people uh, that are having heart problems and uh, they need to pay attention a lot more. Just so much to learn about you and about life through the uh, now paperback version of One Tough Out fighting off life's curveballs. Who's the best hitter you ever saw, Rod? Ever. Would be who? Well, the guy, one guy that I played with, Tony Oliva, because he could do so much. You know, he could take the ball to left field, hit the ball out of the park to left field, center field, or, or right field. Mm-hmm. And he was just a tough out. You know, pitchers would tell you that um, they're just, they would just hope that if they throw it down the middle that he'll make an out. But um, he, we roomed together for about 12 years. And so I learned a lot from him. Uh, I remember when I first came up, you know, the video system wasn't in yet. So we had a little Bell and Howell camera that we would uh, take pictures of uh, uh, of us during the course of a game. Then we'll go, go back to the hotel, pull the sheet off the bed, put it up on the wall, and watch ourselves hit. And so we were able to see, see some of the things that we were doing that um, we shouldn't have been doing. But uh, Tony O is, to me, one of the best hitters that, that, that I ever played with or that I that I saw as a young young player. And I got I mean uh, we're seeing a photograph of him on on screen um as you were talking about him uh Rod and he's a left-handed hitter he doesn't have any batting gloves on he's not wearing the armor on his right you know on his right arm so he could lean over the zone like all the stuff that we're seeing these days it's yeah. just old yeah. school and well you know, it's just, man, I, I don't know. I mean, they're talking about moving the mound back because they're trying. I, I don't know. It just seems that we need leave an injection of this. Leave the game the way this. it is. You know? You know leave, leave the game the way it is. You know, um, Bob Gibson and hmm. Drysdale and Koufax and all those guys are just says, oh, I'm going to test this and see if I can break it. You know, all the armor that they're wearing. Uh, <laughs> that tells me that you're afraid to get hit. And it tells me you don't know how to get out of the way of the pitch if it's in the inner half of the, the uh, uh, batter's box. So um, they want to stand on top of the plate. Then they need to get drilled and backed off a little bit. <laughs> so you're saying, Rod, uh, you know, uh, Bob Gibson, rest his soul, and others that you have spoken to on this subject matter to say that they would, you know, Kofax, that they'd come up and in and they see it, they they try and break that armor, see if they oh, can yeah. test it. They've said that? You, you, you didn't see... You didn't see us wearing that stuff back no. then. We might, the only thing we wore were batting gloves, but all the stuff that these guys are coming up with, no. no. Not at all. By the way, and let's just talk about the here now. Rod, you, you seem to be enjoying Twitter quite a bit. I've noticed you've been <laughs> tweeting quite a bit these days. You like <laughs> you it? You know, my son got me out of the dark ages, you know? Right. And so uh, he has me doing this. He says, that it's, it's good for you. gives you an opportunity to... Um, Stay in the game, uh, talk to the fans, answer questions. And, and so I said, okay, maybe I'll try it and see what happens. And so far it's been uh, successful. So Yes, it has. We're just 
Yeah, we're just going to keep going at it. At Rod Carew underscore 29. Oh, I would be remiss if I did not ask you this question, uh, your thoughts on a subject or a certain individual here in Southern California who plays for the Angels. Otani is absolutely one of the most talented individuals I've ever laid my eyes on. I'm trying to tell my 12, 10, and 7-year-old that who we are seeing and what he is doing is truly uh, once in a century type material yeah. that we are seeing. What do you think of, of, of watching him pitch the way he pitches and then hit the way that he hits? Rod you know, it's it's amazing, Rich. Uh, uh, I love to watch him hit, and once he's steady in the batter's box, and he's not, you know, coming off the ball a little bit, he, he's going to get better, you know, and, That's crazy. and he can take you out of the ballpark any, any part of the field. But when he does hit the ball, he hits the ball with some authority, uh, and he drives the ball real well. He runs good. And then on the pitching side, you know he's got he's got a great arm, and um, he's just doing a, a, a fabulous job for the Angels right now. And I hope he keeps it up because he seems to be a good kid, and um, you enjoy seeing young players doing things like that. Bo Jackson was the the other guy that I thought uh, could have done, you know, the same thing, playing football and baseball and and and, and doing good. At uh, at both uh, venues, so it's great to see Otani, and wherever he goes, he's he's drawing people to the park. He's uh, he's becoming a, right. a a hero, you know. And love kids. Uh, that's all I think about, you know. Shohei Otani. I love it too. And so you look at him and you think he's pulling off the ball a little bit, huh, Rod Crew? You look at him and yeah, you, you know, sometimes he slides that back foot and. And then when he does, instead of keeping it firm on the ground, when he when he slides it back a little bit, you know, it just throws him off a of balance. And um, he, he sometimes ends up pulling off the pitches that I think that he should be hitting. Okay. I love it. Rod, truly appreciate this. Congrats on the book. Uh, enjoy your pod when you start it, right? Starts later on this, this uh, month. Still swinging? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I look forward to hearing it, watching it, people – um, you know, uh, listening to everything you want to lay down. So I appreciate it. Congrats on the book in paperback, and let's continue these talks. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Rich, and thanks for having me on. It's Anytime. great talking to you. Anytime. That's Rod Carew right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Told Gaylord Perry, throw the ball however you wish. I'll hit the dry, dry side, side of it. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, you were talking about Twitter. How about that? You were talking about Twitter and Super 70 Sports. Uh, yeah, one of our favorite We accounts. all yeah, follow yeah. and love yep. them. They posted a picture last week of Rod swinging, and the caption was, every photo of Rod Carew swinging looks like it was a hit, to which Rod Carew Respond. replied, it was. <laughs> left field. <laughs> let me, to left field, right? Let me, let me, let me just do this real quick. Because I, I called this uh, up um, on on um during the uh, during the interview his his lifetime stats he struck out 91 times as a rookie in 1967 and then the only time he taught he struck out 81 times five years later 
And then the most, the rest of his career he struck out in a season was 62 times in 1978. In which he hit 333 and led the league in hitting and on base. Yeah, he led the league in hitting (laughs) seven times. How about the year he hit 364? Led the league with 218 hits, struck out 49 times. I'm telling you, man, if I'm starting a team... And I know I'd be fired maybe as a general manager in two seconds flat. I just want to get everybody who makes contact. Your number one job is you never strike out. You strike out, you're going to have to talk to me after the game. We're going to go over it. Like literally flip it on its head. Not like swing from the heels and give me a 19-run home run. Flip it. Flip it on its head. You make contact. You miss the ball. To strike out, strike three, we're going to have a conversation. And get that throughout the entire clubhouse and then get my my star player, like Ray Lewis, having that attitude about making contact. Put the pressure on the defense. Make them make the play. Every time, every game, you're going to win more than not. I swear. And then, of course, get the pitching. (laughs) But other than that, pitch well, make contact. The Yankees in those Tory years, every one of those guys put the ball they in play. Hit. I don't even know if, if they ever had a league leader in home runs, ever. No, they all hit. Maybe many Singles of them got 20 home runs, 25, 30. Yep. Jeter at the top, put the ball in play. Bernie, the big bopper, ball <laughs> in play. Paul O'Neill, ball in play. Brocious, ball in play. Posada, ball in play. Of course they struck out. Now all these Yankees do this shit. And again, I, I bring them up because that's the team I watch the most. If I f- put a team together, ball and play, then I'll be fired. Take a break. Back. Uh, <laughs> this news out of Jacksonville blows my mind. <laughs> blows my mind out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, o o o O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What was your baseball game like? My baseball game, actually, my baseball game was pretty good, but I, I couldn't, I didn't play in high school. I played like recreational league in um, mm-hmm. Babe Ruth. Okay. And I used to pitch. Pitch yeah. as well. Pitch and hit. Yeah. So, what was your pitching game like? The uh, pitching game was pretty good. I mean, I didn't, you know, I, you I, I, had a, I was a heavy ball. I didn't know, I had no idea what, what I, how fast I was throwing. Huh. But people used to say, man, you got a heavy ball. So when you were watching you swing in Major League as Pedro Serrano, yeah. is that your swing? That's my swing. <sighs> oh, and I don't know if we ever talked about this, but okay. every ball I hit out, mm-hmm. I hit out, except it's not as far as they shot it out because they have to reverse the camera. Hold on a second, Dennis Hazard. <laughs> how many how many home runs did you hit? Well, I hit, major well I hit three in, in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. I think I hit three in the movie. I hit every one of them I hit out. Okay. And all the batting practice, you you. Oh yeah, I used to hit. Oh yeah, I used to hit routinely. So were you the best hitter of all the actors? In I that would say movie? so. I would say so. So Charlie and I were the only guys that could really pay, play baseball. Uh, Wesley was really athletic. Okay. And could run, but uh, wasn't he, much of a hitter. He couldn't hit, but you, but could Charlie hit, or he was just Charlie could hit, and Charlie could pitch. But you went yard more than anybody else in the cast of, oh, yeah. of Major League, except for the you know the guys, the, the baseball guys that were out there. <laughs> Actual. So who was the worst? Oh, I can't. I won't say. Yes, that. you can. You oh, absolutely man. can. That microphone works. <laughs> Corbin Burnson, could he? Uh, Corbin was okay. Uh, I think Tom Tom Berenger was like maybe the, no the worst. No kidding. Yeah. I love you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you forced it out of me, man. Were you superstitious as well? Are you a, um, are you a superstitious guy? Uh, uh, not That's really, well. but I realized how superstitious baseball players are. That is no of that there is no doubt. I mean, I used to have a lot of guys come up to me and say, you know, hey, man, we used to play this movie on the bus going to the game. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, set firecrackers off on my on our bats to, <laughs> you know, to wake them up. <laughs> Did anybody have rum? Did anyone incorporate they rum? They started using that. Um, a lot of guys said they started Baseball using Baseball players started yeah. using rum. Do you have any artifacts from the film anywhere? I you still- finally got a Joe Boo doll. I don't have the original because I wanted to get rid of that because, uh, you know, that was voodoo I was practicing. And I said, you know what? Certain things you got to leave on the set. <laughs> you know, and somebody took that and I don't know where they are now because I haven't heard from them again. Right. So they, they took a voodoo doll, man. I said, okay. No kidding. No. Well, I, have a, I have a facsimile. You have a facsimile of, of Joe Boo. Great Dennis Haysburg. That's my president. Oh. <laughs> Don't say any more spoiler alert, even though it's still too long. Uh, too, too soon, too soon. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, back here on the uh, NBC Sports on Peacock. By the way, this Father's Day weekend, do you know baseball's coming to Peacock? Did you know oh, really? I know I this. Don't know miss the Philadelphia Phillies against the San Francisco Giants. All right. Starting Friday, the three-game series streams live from Oracle Park for free, only on Peacock. Love it. So again, everyone should get the Peacock app at PeacockTV.com to sign up now. Enjoy live sporting events, WWE, Premier League. The Tokyo Olympic Games can be followed on uh, on Peacock. 
hit movies, shows, exclusive originals, and so much more. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up now. U.S. Open on Peacock. That's right. Hey, you know, is that do you think a team can just just build? Just if if I'm if I own a team, I'm going to hire a general manager and say I want contact. I want contact. That's all I want is I want contact. Just a lab experiment. Put together a team. Make contact. Some you know people can hit the ball out of the park when you make contact. True. I don't want anybody hitting over 30 home runs on my team. Ooh. How about that? That's Ooh. not going to go. I, I don't want anybody hitting over 35 home runs on my team. Ooh. You don't want Pete Alonso to ever play for your team. That's... I don't want anybody hitting over 40 home hey, runs hey, on my hey, team. Hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> I think you get what I'm saying here. Yeah. Contact. Make contact. Um, so this one, D- D- Dateline Jacksonville. Ooh. Beep, 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 like beep, beep, Dateline Jacksonville. Um. <laughs> Brian Schottenheimer, son of Marty, um, he's the passing game coordinator. As you know, Daryl Bevel, last two I guess uh, offensive coordinators in Seattle are 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 on the offensive staff for Urban Meyer. Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, passing game coordinator. Brian Schottenheimer was speaking to the media today, saying the starting quarterback situation. "Quote: It's still too early to say how this thing's going to play out." End quote. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay okay bud okay yeah. buddy cut the crap <laughs> nice yeah. try saying that trevor lawrence is learning learning quickly he's a true pleasure to coach because he loves it you see growth from him every day uh compared his calm demeanor to a young philip rivers definitely not an old philip rivers definitely not calm no. young philip rivers let me say this. <laughs> say it with your chest, Rich. Let me just say this. On behalf of uh, all the Jets fans um, who were hoping for Trevor, rooting for 0-16 so we could get him. Because that's what was required for the Jets to get him. They had to lose all 16, didn't. And, um, and you know, but uh, on behalf of the entire uh, Meyer family who watched Urban go back to coaching on behalf of the Shad Khan family who got Urban to come out of coaching retirement to try the NFL. The quarterback competition is over. <laughs> With all due respect to one of our favorites, Gardner Minshew, who cut his uh, Burt Reynolds locks, right? He cut it back. He did. He got a haircut. Got a haircut. Oh, devastating. News. I don't know. If Trevor Lawrence is not named the starting quarterback oh. of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where are we going? Uh-oh. Oh, you, I got Be a careful. hat under here. Be careful. Hold on. Be careful. Uh, this has nothing to do with injury. <laughs> okay. Out of sheer quarterback competition. Just loses the competition. Beat gets beat out. If Trevor Lawrence and I'm not going to say he's, if he's not starting week one because, you know, things can happen that he's not starting week one. If there is not an announcement out of training camp as to who's the starting quarterback, just to keep the Texans guessing for week one. <laughs> <laughs> and out trots Gardner Minshew. Or C.J. Beathard. Okay. Gardner Minshew. To start week one. And Trevor Lawrence is a fully 100% healthy human being on planet Earth. I will eat Rich any item of anybody's clothing in this room, oh, including the guy who's driving around <laughs> with his swamp ass. 
that calls into this show driving his truck in his sweatshirt that he said, I said I would eat if the Niners chose anybody but a quarterback. In right, the right, 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 right. I mean, That's your starting quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. With all due respect to the competition. Yeah. You better pray so. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, hour three coming up. Like any item? You bet- any item at of any, you name it, at any time, oh, removed gosh. by anybody at any time. What do you think over here? It's Rich, terrible. Yeah, Rich, what, what, if, we, what uh, I'm putting out there is a bad image. What if Trevor what just has a hard time like picking up the playbook oh, okay. and can't just like the, get ready? Yeah, for so me. let's start Gardner Minshew. Hey, Urban, trophy. Urban, hey, Urban, you came out of retirement. We're paying you a gajillion dollars to come out of retirement. Oh, of you could have been playing golf and been right every single weekend on uh, college football on Fox. You'd have gotten your annual trip to uh, Columbus two times a, a year. You could go back there where you you walk on water. You win every week. You're coming out. You get to choose Trevor Lawrence first overall. But after all said and done, hey, you got to go with the guy who had a better summer. <laughs> but you have to, if you're a coach, give off the impression that this is a competition. And clearly that's what... Er- Urban, as you and know, he said yeah. that it wasn't yeah. a given. It wasn't a given he's when he showed a, yeah. up. When he showed up and uh, on Aircon and stepped on that, that on, on the Jaguar mat that they put out at the bottom of the steps of the the Con Private Aviation, <laughs> and then he strolled off. And then you know he's named the starter. I mean, he's named the coach, and we're, it, it's the process. He even when he came on the show a couple weeks ago said that he had to call up Trevor after that Sports Illustrated article that made it seem like yeah football okay yeah he had to to kind of kick the tires on him "Uh, I think I know you tell me I know you because you know I kind of blew up my entire professional and personal plan (laughs) kind of (laughs) I could be making the turn on any golf course in America let alone the world right now but I'm here with you getting ready for a draft. And you gotta know, you gotta say, hey, there's competition out there. Tim's one of ninety. Tim Tebow's one of ninety. Could be one of fifty-three. Could be one of forty-six on game day or forty-eight, whatever the hell the number is these days. <laughs> gotta say that. <laughs> gotta say it because because coaches. By the way, the one person who's not going to make that announcement is the passing game coordinator. <laughs> right. It's still too early to say how this thing's going to play out. Oof. I'll tell you. It's getting uh, it's it's getting late early in my in my opinion. All right, Trevor, let's go. LFG. <laughs> hey, man, Craig Melvin, Keenan Allen, and you. Hour three.